You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. I'm an Oxen and the rest of the singers in the band right there. Oh, my loving God. Psalms chapter 92. In verse 1, it says, it's good to praise the Lord and to make music in your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning. I'll read that again. To proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. To the music of the 10-string lyre, or again, Simon and Paul on the bass, and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord. How profound your thoughts. The senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers, flourish. They'll be forever destroyed. But you, O oh Lord, are exalted forever. And the church said, Amen. isn't that just an incredible psalm highlighting the appreciation for God right there? You know, God gave us music so that we could sing that praise him. And uh, I so love, uh, I love Simon because he, he, he writes these songs to really praise God. And uh, it's just incredible to come together because singing is part of your worship. Uh, it's a huge part of your worship because you know where someone's at by their singing. You also know where someone's at by their lack of singing. And so we know out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that, that, that highlights whether you are really grateful if you're singing to the Lord right there. We've got to have an appreciation for just God. You know, I was thinking about the principle of just appreciation. And when you think about that, you go, wow, there's so much to appreciate. Living in this country, it's so much to to really just go, wow, this is special. One of the things I appreciate is the tube. Now, you may be struggling with the tube. I appreciate the tube. Now, when you get on the tube, everyone doesn't give you that look like they appreciate you, but I appreciate the tube because then I don't have to park right there. Amen. And when you start looking at just all the different nations in London and you look around and you see the Italians right there and then you look around in London and you see the Polish right there. You see the Irish telling jokes and all that stuff and limericks and and then you see the Nigerians and more Nigerians and even more Nigerians. I mean, you just you just see you see all the nations. You see you see the English right there. Now, the English and the Londoner are two different species, I believe. I feel like I'm in England when I'm out there in Oxford or maybe Hampstead. But then when I come into London, I'm in London right there. So it's almost a difference there. But you got to appreciate the diversity. The title of the lesson today is simply the power of appreciation. The power of appreciation. Turn to Luke chapter 17. What do you appreciate. 
What do you say? What gets you fired up? My wife appreciates me watching the kids some days. <laughs> she appreciates, dare we say, that little bit of freedom. She gets to kind of go walking around and go to the charity shops and all that good stuff. And, you know, she appreciates it. She comes back. She's fired up. She's she just gotten the chance to get away. <laughs> uh, I've also learned that she appreciates cleaning up. Now, I, I thought she would appreciate my candor and my shoulders. But when I clean up around the house, miraculously, she's fired up about me. I mean, it helps our love life right there. What do you appreciate? You know, singles. Singles, singles appreciate having a good time. Most singles appreciate. We had our Friday night right there, campus singles team, uh, our, our open mic night right there. And, and the singles were fired up. They were moving. They were singing. It was an amazing time. We had some incredible artists. I've learned at the campus, they appreciate food. You ask somebody in the campus what they want to do after they just got through eating. Hey, if you, you want to eat, we can eat. Especially if you yeah, have free food. Campus appreciate that. I mean, they do better spiritually. Just give them a piece of pizza. When they're struggling, give, give a campus guy, got some pizza right there. They're fired up in Jesus all of a sudden. What do you appreciate? You know, our kids, they just appreciate just being able to have fun. They appreciate one another. My little daughter, Mia, she appreciates Peppa Pig. She loves, she loves Peppa Pig more than me sometimes. I get jealous of Peppa Pig sometimes. I have to struggle. She wakes up, I give her a kiss, and the first thing she goes, Peppa Pig? Goodness. But you know, wh whether we're older in the faith, younger, we all appreciate something. That there's something that you, you value, you love it, you appreciate it. One man said this, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Another man said, be thankful for what you have. Your life, no matter how bad you think it is, is someone else's fairy tale. Another man said, change your expectation to appreciation and your life and your world will change instantly. We can listen to that one here in London. Never complain about what your parents could not give you. It probably was all they had. One man said, I have more appreciation for an enemy who hates me than a friend who secretly puts me down. Another individual said, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. And the one I think that moved me the most and that changed my prayer life even this morning. In fact, I did it over. I was like, okay, I got to go out and pray again. This thought here. What if you woke up today with only the things you thank God for yesterday? What would you have? I'll read it again. If you woke up today and you only had what you thank God for yesterday, what would you 
half. Would you have the kingdom of God? Would you have your discipleship partner that you think you can disciple? Would you have that awesome knight in shining armor, that husband you have? A few more sisters. Would you have the most beautiful, gorgeous, unbelievable, loving, just amazing woman right there as a wife? Okay, brothers. Would you have single men who are sold out to God that see you as their sister? Would you have single women who are sold out to God that see you as their brother? What would you have? You know, there, there, there's a power in appreciation. When you are just grateful for what you have, grateful for what God has given you. When I think about appreciation, I, I, I just think about so many individuals. I think about when we moved all the way from Los Angeles, California, to be here. And I think about even before then. I think about being in the church in Portland, Oregon, and there being a, a question. The question was, hey, who's willing to, to house a, 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 a couple that's coming all the way over from Europe? They just appreciate the kingdom of God. Who's willing to put them out? Raise my hand at the time. Of course, this was Ollie and Eugenie Greenwood. Amen. Now, Ollie was jet lagged to death. I mean, he was just, he was trying to figure it out. And Eugenie didn't have those cool braids she has right now. But man, they, they just appreciate the kingdom. They came all the way over. It literally was, I, I can't remember if it was a few months after, but, but then it said, who's willing to put up somebody else again? And of course, me and Michelle, we, we, we were so grateful for the kingdom. We had a house. Finally, I go, wow, we'll put someone up. It's another European disciple. This time it was James Morgan. He was just as crazy as he is right now, back then. And James came in flying, the only one from Europe at that time that just was seeking the kingdom. Just trying to, just, just where, where are God's people? Where are they? And it was an amazing, amazing setup right there. I think about when we landed here back in 2010. And I think about our sister, uh, Jeanette Grinwall. She, she was there at that airport. She was there. And you know how Jeanette, she kind of gets a little anxious sometimes. And, you know, she's, she's like this. She said, bro, I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I said, sis, I'm glad you are here. I'm just glad you're here. And then, of course, you had Jock. Now, Jock, he got the name Jock of all trades because he was doing everything. Jock was preaching the word. Jock was, was picking people up. Jock was driving here. Jock was driving there. Jock was song leading. Now, I know that challenges some of your faith right there, but let me tell you something. Jock was up there. Oh, he was doing it. I just go, wow, this brother is sold out. He's doing it all. I so appreciate the church that we have. I appreciate all the young Christians, the fiery young Christians. You look at all the fire. You look at little, little Michael right there. He just he's looking at me every, this morning. He came and he said, bro, give me a hug right there. I'm ready to go. I said, OK, wow, this guy's ready to go. All the incredible young Christians that God has brought to us. Hopefully you appreciate them. I even appreciate the old Christians. Some of us old schoolers right there that are going, OK, what's he going to say? Well, all right. 
Hold on right there, you know. Surely not, surely not. There's a power in appreciation. Luke chapter 17. You guys still with me? Check this one out. Verse 11. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, you got to understand, the Jews had a problem with Samaria. They didn't like the Samaritans because they were, dare we say, mixed race. And it's awesome to be mixed race, right? And uh, Paul, that doesn't affect me, guys like me and you. I don't think we could get away with saying we're mixed race. But the other guys that kind of got that cool mocha caramel mix, that, that, that's an awesome thing right there. But they were mixed race, and Jesus is going to Samaria. A lot of the Jews did not want to go to Samaria. And yet as disciples, there are areas that you got to go where you just don't want to go. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. So you got these 10 guys that all have leprosy. Now, leprosy stops your ability to feel. Doesn't mean you're not dying, but you just don't feel it when you're dying. In fact, when I saw, I, I saw a picture of a man who had leprosy and his, his complete, his nose was gone. And he just had a hole in his face. And I always remember the, the, the picture that Kip even painted of, of seeing individuals in, in Africa where we will go and plant churches and, and how there, there were so many with leprosy. And yet I believe there's a spiritual leprosy that's come over the world. There's a sin, there's a darkness that, that sometimes, the Bible says there's a darkness that can be felt. Sometimes there's a darkness, but we just don't feel it anymore. There's an impurity that's out there, an anger. Uh, there's so much sin, and yet we can have spiritual leprosy where we just don't feel it. Oh, yep, just another, another person with Ebola. Yeah. Another murder. Oh, uh, yeah. Another kid that killed himself. Oh, another divorce. Yeah, well, you know, that's normal nowadays. And yet right here, these men had no feeling. And it was 10. It says they stood at a distance, highlighting they are not close to God. And called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I mean, that, that's our cry, is it not? Our cry is, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Of course, they didn't really, Bible doesn't say they knew Jesus in a sense that they had a relationship with him prior, but they heard about him. So they knew he was the master. They knew he was a man of compassion. That was the reputation Jesus had. A man of compassion. That's why they say, have pity on us. And yet to be like Jesus, you've got to be a man of compassion, a man of kindness. We had our first Friday night or Thursday night Bible talk. Uh, there we say in uh, Golders Green again, we had Hillary and Nick and we have Ashley Ajay in our, in our Thursday night Bible talk. And we, we just talked about some of the characteristics of Jesus. And everybody was thinking I was going to go some, some creative something right there. And I just said, you know, Jesus was nice. Everybody's like, huh. So, yeah, Jesus was kind. He just was a kind man. And I, I, I was moved by that because 
So, so often for me, I, Jesus was passionate. Jesus was powerful. Jesus was this. No, no. Jesus was kind. He just was a nice person. He was a nice man. You, you felt his kindness when he was around you. You felt his warmth. You felt his empathy. To empathize means you feel what other people feel. Jesus was kind. Jesus was compassionate. Jesus was nice. You know, I had an interesting thing happen to me this week after doing this Bible talk and also kind of uh, talking to the staff that we have on, on Tuesdays about, you know, just the kindness and us trying to have empathy and think different about how people are behaving in London because we can kind of see people anxious and we, we quickly make a judgment, right? So you never know what's going on in someone's life. That's the reason why they're so anxious. And of course, this week I had an interesting thing happen. A woman uh, was, 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 you know, she was trying to make her way across the street and she, you know, she's got the pram and she got the baby and, and she's trying to go across the street. You know how London is. Green lights or red lights don't mean anything. Green light, people still, you know, they may stop. Red light, they may go. You just never know. So she comes across the street. The bus speeds up. Comes this close to almost hitting him. Now, I tried to be loving to him, but I was ticked off. <laughs> I just looked at him like this. And, and I said, hey, and he, went, and he looks down. You know, didn't want to look at me, and then I went over to the lake. Everybody else just goes about their business. And, and, I, and I go, okay, I just got through preaching. I, I got to really work on, I want to be like Christ. I want to be nice. I want to be kind. I want that to be a, a characteristic that I go after as a Christian. So I gave, give her a hug. It's going to be all right to her. She says, no, it's not going to be all right. I go, no, it's going to be all right. She goes, you have no idea. She just breaks down in tears. <laughs> I go, whoa, and I grab her, I give her a hug, and I go, it's going to be all right, and I don't, hold on too long, said, okay, hold on. but it just, I, I got to give the woman, she's breaking, okay, give her a hug, and, so, and, and then she goes, you know, I'm a Christian, I can't believe all these things are happening to me, yep, I was like, this, and then of course, you know, I go, this moment is of God, and I start <laughs> preaching a word to her, and telling her all these different things, and, and it was just a powerful moment right there, gave her uh, our number. She, she lives right down the way from us. She says, hey, I'd be interested in coming to your church, your Bible talk. I was just trying to make my way to Sainsbury. She goes, thank you for just stopping and being kind. You have no idea what you've done for me. Amen. And that that moved me because just one moment of kindness, try, trying to be nice, that that's who we are to be. To be like Jesus, you got to be nice, got to be empathetic, got to think how other people are Feeling. You guys stay with me there? Yeah. Verse 14. Says when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. Wow. It says as they went, they were cleansed. So they got cleansed by just being obedient. They were cleansed before they even got to the priests. Their obedience cleansed them. One of them, when he saw, he was what? Healed. He came back praising God in a loud voice. I mean, I can imagine this guy was probably like our brother Charles Mboise. Amen. Amen, Jesus. Charles is just so excited about the Lord. Now, if this was a sister, this obviously would have been Sharina Turner. I mean, I can see Serena doing that in a loud voice. 
It says in verse 16, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. I mean, he didn't go to the priest. Jesus was his priest, his high priest. He didn't go to the temple. He fell at the feet of Jesus, and that was where he saw the temple. It says he thanked him. And then the, the little line, you know how the Bible puts these little lines in there? And it just, and he was a Samaritan. Wow. Mixed race. Amen for mixed race. But more importantly, he wasn't Jewish. He wasn't religious, dare we say. He wasn't someone who knew the law. This was, there's a lot of lessons in this. The first lesson that you can see right here is sometimes people who are not the people of God show more appreciation about God than the people of God. Because he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. And if Jesus says they were cleansed, that means they were cleansed, right? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God, show appreciation to God, except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And the church said, is that not an amazing scripture? It just highlights that God expects appreciation, which is our first point. God doesn't appreciate appreciation. He expects appreciation. That's different. You appreciate it. But when you expect God, God, he says, we're not all 10 cleansed. The cool thing about this that I always read is you can be cleansed, but not healed. Oh, yeah, you can get baptized and be cleansed of all your sins. But you can still have areas of your life where you need to be healed. You can have areas where you, you're baptized, you're a disciple, but you still say, oh, I have trust issues. I have trust. Really, you know what trust issues are? I tried that when I was a baby Christian. I used to try that when I have trust issues. But what I started to realize about myself is when you say I have trust issues, it kind of seems noble. Seems awesome a little bit. Well, yeah, this is someone. And then you share your life and it was, whoa, I can't believe what you've gone through. I see you have trust issues. But really, trust issues are forgiveness issues. But we are smart. We know if we say, I have forgiveness issues. We know the moment we say, oh, I have an issue with forgiveness. We know as soon as we say that, we're in what? Someone said trouble. I think sin. I've never heard someone say, I have a forgiveness issue. I've never heard that as long as I've been in the kingdom. But it's really forgiveness issues that can make you have, dare we say, trust issues. You, you've been injured. You've been hurt. You, you, you've been damaged. And you're afraid to trust. Again, you can be cleansed, but not healed. There were 10 that were cleansed, but there was only one that was cleansed and healed. And that was the Samaritan. We see very simply, this guy shows an appreciation for Jesus. He shows an appreciation. 
And appreciation protects your heart. Appreciation protects everything. Being grateful. Life is really about perspective. It really is about perspective. And yet for me, I'm going, wow, I, I've got to really go after just being a man of appreciation. Where I appreciate God, I appreciate what God has given me. I appreciate God's people. I appreciate the kingdom. How much do you show appreciation? I'm quick to pray. I'm quick to praise and sing. But I see for myself, I've got to be a man of appreciation. I, I hope you appreciate the relationships you have. I, I hope you appreciate even this moment that you are alive. Because you know what the opposite of appreciation is? Depreciation. When appreciation, when something, well, I'll read you the, the, my, my definition here. Or at least the Webster's definition of appreciation. Appreciation, the understanding of the nature or meaning of something or someone that you highly value. So appreciation is when you understand the meaning of something that you highly value. It causes its value to appreciate. And of course, the opposite is depre depreciation. I never forget buying the first car that I bought. I bought it. And then because I was young and foolish, I bought another one. And then I bought it. I bought three new cars. I was making quite a bit of money as a young man. And, 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 and I thought, hey, I, I bought one. I like the red one. I bought a silver one. I bought another one. And I bought three new cars. And then I found out that as soon as you drive a car off the lot, you can, yeah, yeah. You, you, you may, it may have been worth 20,000 pounds, but once you drive it off, 13,000. <laughs> you try to return it the next day, oh, it's, it's depreciated. The value, it's, it, it, it's just not, it, they don't want it back. They, no, you keep it. It's yours. <laughs> and yet, we, we've got to appreciate what we have. Question for you. How do you feel around your friends? Do you feel appreciation? How do you husband feel around your wife? Do you feel appreciation? A wife around your husband, do you feel appreciation? Brother around sister, singles, teens, campus, marriage. We can apply that. But when we look at the Samaritan, the real question is, how does Jesus feel around you? Does Jesus feel like you appreciate him? Amen. We've got to appreciate Jesus. There's a power in appreciation. You guys believe that? Second yeah. Samuel chapter 16. We've got to appreciate criticism. Uh-oh, no amen. I'm excited today. Ola Kukoi is going to be doing the communion. Ola's a good friend of mine. He's one of the brothers that I connected with. And, you know, we had a great discipleship time. Ola loves curry goat and all that kind of stuff. So we usually do a curry goat meal. And, and, you know, me and Ola have kind of gone through quite a bit just as friends and what God has done in his life. I remember when Ola was single. I, I remember when he was single, walking around here all depressed and everything. 
I go, bro, don't worry. There's an awesome sister out there for you. And I didn't know he'd get Denise. I didn't know that right See, the Lord had greater plans for him than even I had at that time. But he got, he, he got Denise right there. And, you know, then the smile came. He was like Victor Como right there. <laughs> Smiling right there. God blessed him with two beautiful boys, two young men. And, you know, as I was talking to Ola, we were just working through a few different things in areas where there's been discipling and correction and teaching and all this. And Ola, Ola just comes into the before we see, you know, I, I love when God takes over a meeting because you know how we are. OK, let's have a prayer. And then how are you doing? You know, very, very structured. At least that's me. So I come in. OK, Ola, we're gonna, Ola goes, no, 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 no. Bro, I just appreciate you. I, I see that. I've not, I've not been appreciating you at times. Or I love you. Bro, thanks for being in there. Thanks for being my friend. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Thanks for this. And then I started getting ready to cry. Skip me right there. And we spent 15 minutes just appreciating one another. Amen. It was so powerful. Oh, Ola could have told me anything. He could have said, bro, I think, I think you need to change this, you need to do this, you need to do that. I, I just felt so loved by him. The appreciation for a friendship. There's a power there. There's a power there. And yet, being true disciples, not everybody loves Jesus Christ. Not everybody appreciates Jesus Christ. And there will be a criticism that's come on us because we love the Lord. And yet, even in that, God is still trying to teach us something. Because we believe God is sovereign. Yeah. That means in everything, God either allows it or he causes it. Yeah. We love to praise God when the good happens and curse God when the bad happens. Yeah. Yet God is sovereign. That means in everything, God is sovereign. He's allowing it to allow you to be a better Man, here's an incredible scripture here. It's one of my theme scriptures for appreciation. Second Samuel chapter 16. What's happened here is David has become the leader. Saul, of course, is taken out. David's become the leader. And yet there was a challenge with David and in his family with, with Absalom and Tamar. And, and, and there was an issue there that dare we say David didn't deal with quickly. And so Absalom, his son in the faith, rebels against him. I just imagine how, how David must have felt seeing his own son go against him, preach against him, try to draw people away from the kingdom to him. And yet we've seen that even in our fellowship. And yet we come to a time where David, I'm sure he's, he's sad. I'm sure he's got issues. I'm sure he's, wow, the kingdom is, there's a lot of reasons for him to be down. And in verse 5, it just says this. He meets this guy named Shimea. Of course, Shimea is a remnant guy. You'll see that in a moment. It says, as King David approached Baharim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. Now, remember, Saul had been taken out, and there was only a remnant left of the people that were in his family, and most of them went over and began joining David. But this guy hadn't joined. It says his name was Shimea, son of Gerau, and he cursed as he came out. That'd be a tough meeting. You're getting with somebody and as soon as they meet you, they're cursing. That probably highlights they're not doing well spiritually. 
says he pelted David and all the king's officials with stones. Not only is he cursing, he's throwing stones. It says, though all the troops in the special guard were on David's right and left. As he cursed, Shimei said, get out of here. Get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. Modern day, you're dodgy. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul and whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to us, to your son, Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my Lord, the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. I'm actually Yami Bello right there. Hold on. Where is he? You got to appreciate the young, fiery zealots in the kingdom of God. And although this wasn't the right response, you still appreciate he's the one who's got some conviction right there. Now, it went a little too far. You want to kill the guy. You don't, you don't need to do that right there. But we see the foreshadowing of even what Peter did with Jesus. But the king said, what do you and I have in common, you sons of Zariah? If he's cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? David then said to Abishai and all his officials, my son, who is my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more? This Benjamin. Leave him alone. Let him curse. For the Lord has told him to. It may be the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I'm receiving today. And the church said, that, that's how you feel when you're criticized, right? That's a great scripture to help us see how we should feel. When there's a criticism that comes over us. David appreciates the criticism. Now, Shimea took advantage of God's grace because David let Shimea live. But then Solomon wound up taking him out. <laughs> Solomon, David's son, wound up taking out Shimea. But we see here, you've got this incredible scene of this guy pelting David with stones and showering him with dirt. And David goes, oh, a dirt shower. This is awesome. It's amazing. Cursing. Feelings. Negativity, criticism. Oh, maybe God is doing something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, what an incredible attitude. How do you do with criticism? How do you do with criticism? Do you appreciate it? Do you see that maybe God is trying to work on you just as much as the individual probably has some challenges and issues? We've got to appreciate criticism. Let me tell you something. Uh, Jesus was very controversial, was he not? And because he was controversial, it, it is very, very clearly highlighted in the Bible and Acts, in the end of Acts, that the church was called a cult. That was a criticism in the Bible. That's not something we made up. There are people that were critical of the church. And so that means any church that imitates the church in the Bible should and will be called a cult. That highlights that you get a little compliment from God. See, God's got a different way of giving compliments. When there's persecution, negativity, God goes, hey, hey, great job. He's giving you a pat on the back. But in the world, we, 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 we like we, we love the approval of the world. And yet to be a true disciple, to be a true Christian, you've got to be different. You've got to appreciate criticism. Criticism will allow you to see that. Listen, I, I, I am I am nothing. God is everything. And if there's anything for me to learn. It's to get better and not bitter. David got better. He never got 
Bitter. We've got to appreciate the discipline of God. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. We're going to pick it up in verse 22. Of course, if you're in the church, you know that, hey, we're, we're nearing our European Missions Conference. And, you know, it, it's, it's an exciting time. It's exciting for us. We're ex inspired by it. And yet, sadly, there are individuals out there that are, that are mad at us. They're going, what are you guys doing worshiping the Lord? You guys are weird. You're a cult. You're this, you're that. I, I don't know how many emails I've gotten. That said, well, look, at, look, someone said this, someone said that. And I go, you know, the Lord is just trying to make me better. And not bitter. We've got to appreciate the criticism that comes on. We've got to appreciate God's discipline. Acts chapter 16. I mean, this is one of the principles. This is one of the reasons we love all the individuals in the Bible. Acts 16. In verse 22, you got Paul and Silas, they're preaching the word. They're going after it. And we'll see what kind of criticism they get here in the Bible. They get a little bit different than what we get. It says in verse 22, it says the crowd joined in an attack against Paul and Silas. Magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. That's a little challenging right there. After they had been severely flogged, Luke the doctor says severely flogged. What do you think that means? Yeah. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, jails back then were different than, they weren't like we have it nowadays. You go to jail, and you're sitting there, and you're watching X Factor and American Idol, and, you, you know, the electric doors come open, and you have, you're challenged to have to eat the food and all that stuff. No, you were literally in a, a dank cell with no lights, and your hands were, you know, they had these metal things come around your hands, and they, like this, and your feet in stocks, you're just like this, on the wall. And then they feed you with a, with a, with a long wooden spoon. They give you food like that. And that's where they were. They're, on the, they're in jail like that. The Bible says they're in jail with their feet in stocks. And of course, they're like this. And I'm, I'm sure they were like, we remember seeing Jesus like this. I, I, they got their feet in the stocks. They remember seeing Jesus on that cross. I, I just only imagine that they, they're, they're thinking, I remember seeing my Lord right there in the stocks. And they probably talked, yeah, remember he was kind of like this. Yeah, we're kind of, wow. And they were, they were kind of getting fired up. And I know they're getting fired up because we're going to see, watch, watch out. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> I mean, isn't that incredible? They've just gotten beaten, severely flogged. They got the blood rolling down and Paul's looking at Silas. Oh, bro, this is awesome. Awesome, bro. This is amazing. Bro, you got a song? Can you do Sanctuary? No, I don't do that one good. Okay, which one do you do? Hard Fighting Soldiers. You do that one? No, that's not a hymn. Let's say, okay. How about you do Sanctuary this time? And they just... Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. 
the other prisoners go, what in the world was that? Nobody's critical. Nobody's angry and bitter like us. Now, I just got to be open. I wasn't always a Christian. Try to share that with you. Uh, and you say, well, what does that mean? Well, I spent a couple of days in jail. You know the funny thing about being in jail? Nobody says they did it. They're all in there, and I, and I was broken. I was like crying every night. I'd never been to jail. I was crying. I was reading my Bible. I went up to, what'd you do? Oh, I didn't do it. It was a wrong thing that happened to me. You can believe them. Like, wow, wrongfully accused. Oh, I'm, I'm really evil. I should be here. Oh, I go to the next guy. He said the same thing. Every one of them in there, they were just like, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't. Nobody did it. It's just all. You know you need to jail when you. You don't admit you did it and you're in jail. It's like, dude, you've been caught. And one guy had been caught over and over and over and over again. Like, I think you probably did it, man. <laughs> Our response to the challenges of God allow those who are not true people of God, they see our, our response. The Bible says the other prisoners were listening. You know, other People that are in prison to the world, to the devil, they're listening to you right now. They're listening to the song you're singing right now. They're listening to what you're saying. You're a remnant disciple. They, they hear what you're singing. I love our, our brother Carlos right here. He's kind of increased in his, he, he's, he's coming, he's fired up, he's, he's singing out, he's, he's, he's had, there's a joy there. And let me tell you something, I, I guarantee other remnant disciples are watching Carlos and Carla. How are they doing? How are they, man, they're fired up. Oh, maybe we can sing right along with them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. I know those other guys were like, wow, it was the Christians who opened these, these chains right here. We owe them our lives. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew a sword. He was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He's not asking his salvation. He's talking about literal. Why? It was a capital offense if you allowed the prisoners to get away. So he knew he was getting ready to get killed. And I love the Christians. They give a Bible answer for the challenges of life. They go, Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. I mean, you should try that sometime. Someone comes to you, I just had a terrible, or my, my exams at uni. What do I got to do to be saved from my parents? <laughs> believe in the Lord Jesus, become a sold out disciple, you'll be more disciplined, you get better grades. <laughs> Talk to our brother Charles. <laughs> what do I need to do? I just lost my job. What must I do to be saved? My wife's going to kill me. Well, see, you lost your job because you're not a disciple. God's opposing you. What must I do to be saved? The kids don't listen. Well, you, you, you've got to be a true disciple. They give a Bible answer right here for the challenges of life. That's got to be our response as well. Amen? Verse 32. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. 
At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. That's repentance right there. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family. Amen. Amen. Isn't that an incredible scripture? We've got to appreciate God's discipline. We see right here, Paul and Silas appreciated God's discipline. You know, in our former fellowship, obviously, we know that there were challenges and things that we did that were not the best. And what did God do? He disciplined us. And those who really are still fighting the battle appreciate that discipline, are not embittered by that discipline and are still making disciples today. How do we know? Because you're here today. I think about Martin and Teresa. They, 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 they were, they're, they're what I call old school disciples right there. <laughs> Teresa's old school. She's not going to people please you. Teresa, if Teresa's not happy, Teresa's going to let you know, bro, can we, can we talk, bro? <laughs> Teresa's going to tell you right there. You appreciate a sister like that. She's honest. She's sold out to Jesus Christ. Amen. She's been a disciple a long time. I appreciate Maria Hart. Fireball, still a fireball. Baptized at 16 years old, still a fireball. I like Mira. She can come to campus with us. She still look like, like a campus student right there. She was there. She had her swag shirt on. She's moving around right there. It's like, awesome. Just that zeal that doesn't die. As a church, we've got to appreciate God's discipline. You know, oftentimes God's discipline just comes through your discipleship partner. Just them getting in your life. And we've got to be able to be grateful for the individuals that God has put in our lives to help us. After all, discipling is protecting you from you. It's protecting you from you. We've got to appreciate God's discipline. Now, this is a principle you may have never heard of. John chapter 15. You know who else shows appreciation? Satan. Satan shows appreciation. In John chapter 15, we know the Bible says Satan leads the whole world astray. And in John chapter 15, after Jesus is giving this great discourse, it says this in verse 18. It says, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. It says, keep that in mind because we forget that. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world. I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And the church said, this is, Says, hey, if you if you belong to the world, oh, they'll so appreciate you. They'll they'll build you up. You'll be amazing. They'll put you on a pedestal. They'll lift you up. You will be the dare we say American idol, Britain's idol. They'll lift you up. And so you've got to guard your heart from the appreciation of the world. This is an area I had to guard my heart from. The world really showed me a lot of appreciation. Of course, before I'd become a Christian, I was in film and TV and going after that, that lifestyle. And th there, were, there were a lot of different opportunities that I had to go with. The kingdom is a lot more important. I either had to say that or I had to get a lot of advice to make sure I protected my heart because Satan was showing, hey, I appreciate you. Come on over here. And that's how Satan does it. You don't feel the appreciation from a single brother, but that non-Christian Gives you that look in the eye and says, you're special. And then all of a sudden you're. Hmm. 
Rose, can you reach out to this guy? He's open. Oh, really? I called him about five times. He didn't call me back once. Sadly, we can do that even as brothers. Appreciate you. We had something happen at our open mic. I, I didn't really, I didn't think it was good. Just a comment towards a woman who was obviously not very godly dressed, and there was a little comment there. That was from a disciple. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be careful that we are, we are pure as Christians, and we appreciate our sisters. We appreciate our sisters. Satan loves to show appreciation. You know, one of the individuals I appreciate in our church, uh, of course, uh, you've heard me share about it a couple times, but you know, hey, it's just, it's just the spirit. Of course, we had our Friday night open mic, and everybody was, did an amazing job. I mean, Simon did a rock song, and you got Paul, he's got the band. We had, it was an, if, if you missed it, you missed the time. You missed the time right there. It, it was cool. Even, even the, when you get to preteens and people like Dylan fired up and stuff like that, then you go, okay, something's, the, the spirit is working right here. Because Dylan isn't easy to get fired. Dylan was kind of, I saw him over in the corner, kind of, he was fired up. I was like, okay, okay, all right, Dylan, we even got you excited here. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, one, one gal sings, another person sings. Uh, and then our sister Jeanette got, gets up there. She sings this incredible song. She just blows it out. And, you know, Jeanette, she's just like, oh, you know, just very humble about it. And she says, she says, but what, what moved me wasn't the song, that song about her. What moved me, she came to me after, she said, you know, MTV's going after me. They, they, they want to they talk about my life and they, they want to meet me with this day. And I, I just want to get some advice from you. What should I do? What should I do? I just, everybody else is praying. She's, she's thinking about the Lord. <laughs> she's thinking about the Lord right there. She's not going, wow, they want, wow, I'm just going to let the world suck me back on in. She's like, hold on. Let me, let me make sure I honor my God. Let me go to the man of God and, and, and just be humble and get some advice to guard our hearts from the world. Amen. Satan will show appreciation and try and pull you on out of the kingdom. And we got to stay inside the kingdom. And appreciate the kingdom of God. Amen. We got to appreciate daily. Hebrews chapter 3. We got to show appreciation daily. In verse 13. Of Hebrews it says. But encourage one another daily. As long as it's called. Today. So that none of you may be hardened. By sins. Deceitfulness. Simple scripture. Do you encourage daily? If you don't, you're getting hard. You're getting hardened by sin is tricky. Sin is deceitful. Sin will get you. It, it, it'll fake you out. You think you can manage it. You cannot manage sin. You know, I was sharing with the brothers at a midweek that, you know, one of my, my weaknesses as a young Christian, and even it can creep back in there. I, I got you can't manage sin. You got to repent of sin. Yeah. Can't, what I mean by that? Just kind of not really repent. Repenting. Yeah. You know, that's not in the Bible. Repenting. Just repent. <laughs> and you may, you may hear, bro, I'm repenting. No, you're enjoying your sin for a little bit longer. <laughs> There's no such thing as repenting. And you, can, and you, can't, you can't manage your sin. I, I, I love uh, in Los Angeles, you know, they have the, uh, the beach balls that you can take out in the water and you play on the beach ball and stuff like that. And as a young man, I used to try to put the beach ball I don't know if anyone ever tried to sit on a beach ball, put it underwater. Yeah. And you know how it is. It's challenging. You get it and you, 
you get the beach ball and it slips. And, and finally, I got good, though. I got to where I get the beach ball and I get it under me. And you're going like this. And you're doing this. And, and you move it. And you, and you not get, get it under the water. And then you finally you get it there and you got it underwater. <laughs> you look like a fool, but you're doing this. You're doing this. You're like, hey, look, I got the beach ball. And, and then one, all you have to do is make one move. Boop, and it comes out. That's exactly what it looks like when you try to manage your sin. It just, boop, it just comes out. You didn't plan for it. It just, boop, it just pops on out right there. You said that statement. You go, oh, yeah, you said that. You had that thought. Yep, you thought that. And yet the remedy is just encouragement. We just need to encourage one another daily. So we're not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Can we encourage one another daily? Brothers, can you say, sisters, you're awesome. Okay, let's try that again. That's why we're doing the lesson. Brothers, say, sisters, you're awesome. Sisters, and you better really mean it. Turn to the brothers and say, you're equally as awesome. Okay, let's try that one more time. Okay. Brothers, say, sisters, you're awesome. And sisters, say, brothers, you're awesome. Say you're all, no, 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 no. Married, ma married here. We got to get to marriage. Look at your wife. Look at her in the eye. And say, honey, I love you. You're the most beautiful woman in the world. Wives, look at your husbands and say something really cool. Look how uncomfortable we feel being appreciated. We've got to encourage one another. Doesn't it feel good when you get encouraged? It feels good when someone builds you up, when someone lifts you up. As we have our European Missions Conference, guys, we've got to be the most encouraging church right here. As brothers come over from New York and L.A., let them see our encouragement, not our discouragement. Oh, I had to register. Oh, oh and we start... Yeah, it's so expensive. Oh, you'll pay for an Arsenal ticket. You'll pay for a ticket to Man United. You'll pay for it to get your nails done. you get the hairstyle done. You'll sacrifice the world to get married. But the European Missions Conference. Oh, and you're not encouraged. We've got to encourage one another. We've got to be the most encouraging church. There's got to be a light in our eyes and a joy in our eyes, not just for the conference, but we've just got to be that because there's so much darkness out there. People got to come to church and feel, wow, this is, this is uncomfortable. People are too nice. What do they want from me? Do you ever feel like that? That's how I felt when I came to church. This is too nice. Black people are nice to me. Even the white people are nice to me. Wait a minute. Hold on. Everybody's nice to me. Ah! I remember when they were singing, rise up, O men of God, I tried to be cool. They were saying, rise up. Well, everybody's appreciating God, and I was standing there trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah, I felt foolish not singing, so I go, rise up, man. I started trying to say, I got the songbook. I go, wow. But the church was so special because it was so different. Yeah. It was so they appreciated one another. And that's what we're building here where people come to church and they feel the appreciation. Now, here's the way it happens. It doesn't just happen with one person. It happens with all of us, where we greet people, we hug, we build each other up as a church so we're not hardened by sin's deceitful 
this right there. Amen? Amen. Lastly, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What really shows you appreciate God. Well, let's look at Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he was beaten and flogged and had all kinds of issues that happened to him. But we're going to look at what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says this. He says, for I am least of the apostles. In verse 9. And do not deserve to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. He says, I was an enemy to the church. Now, we know if you're not a true disciple and you, God says, if you're not with me, you're against me. Yeah. We think persecuting the church is someone who's just literally if you're not with God, you're against God. Yeah. And yet Paul did both. He wasn't a disciple and he went after the church. And he says, because I persecuted the church, he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. So now you go, okay, how do you know you appreciate the grace of God? Let's find out. He says, no, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believe. And the church said, so you know a church that appreciates the grace of God because they're hardworking. They're hardworking. They're hardworking to help people get in touch with the grace of God. I hope you're fired up and you appreciate our sister, Jennifer Watkins, who's been organizing the European Missions Conference right there. She's been doing an incredible job. She's been doing it. She's been going after. I hope you appreciate the ushers in the church right there. Victor Como and the crew, Michael Cashora. All the disciples that set up the sound, I hope you appreciate them. It's not the most encouraging, easy thing to set up the sound. I don't know if you've seen that bag of wires. It's challenging. I lost faith on Friday night. I still looked at it. I went, okay, guys, you guys got that? And they, they, they go through it. They serve. God's going to use them in a powerful way. I hope you appreciate the ushers. hope you appreciate them. We've really got to see that hard work shows your appreciation. So then the question is, what if you're not hardworking? It means you don't appreciate the grace of God. Because he says right here, he says it was the grace. A lot of people, oh, it's not all about work. No, it, when, you, when you realize it's God's grace that you, you don't even deserve it, then, then wow. It, it, it's all, it, it's the grace of God that motivates you. Yeah. It's the grace of God that moves you. It's the grace of God. You're appreciative of being Saved. He says, for I'm the least of the apostles. In other places, he says, I am the worst. Yeah. Even if you don't think you're the worst, you should think I'm the worst. Yeah. Even if you don't believe I'm the worst, you should think I am the worst. I, I, of everybody in London, man, I'm, how did I get into the kingdom? I said, they really, oh my goodness, they love me? Whew. That's got to be our spirit. Yeah. Because when you have that spirit, you work hard for the Lord. You'll work hard for the Lord. And there have been so many that have worked hard, and yet we've got to continue working hard to really make the conference a powerful testimony, not only for ourselves, but to those who are out there. I want to challenge you to call through your phone list. 
call through your phone list and get an incredible amount of visitors on out. I've said it once before. We've got to have an incredible amount of people coming on out to the conference right there. We've got to show the miracles. We've got to show the miracles. So it shows God we appreciate his grace. It shows God we appreciate him saving us. And you know, it's time for some of the individuals who have not really shared in the blessing of baptizing. It's time for you to baptize. It's time for you to stop thinking, I can't do it. It's time for you to stop making excuses. It's time for some baptizing. Pulling in the remnant. Restorations. These all show the grace of God moving through us. There is a power in appreciation. And for most of all, we've got to appreciate our God. We've got to appreciate our God. Please allow these principles to move you, persuade you, and to God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.